0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 18 of Season 3 of Movie Rob Minute the Daily Podcast, where we yippee our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action flick Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Alex Robertson of the Star Wars Minute. Welcome back, Alex.
1: Hello, happy to be here.
0: Uh, well, I hope you are. I mean, uh, after that bickering couple that we've been dealing with for the last two days, maybe maybe we'll finally get into something that, that will... You know, show you what Die Hard really is. Who knows?
1: I was hoping we we're going to see those crazy kids work it out this minute. It's not you're telling me that's not going
0: to happen. Not yet. I mean, come on, we're only on at minute 18. You got to wait until. Yeah. I mean, this, this, this is a 132 minute movie. You got to wait until. Uh, that's true. At least the the late 120s to get there. Yeah. If fair you that, want, you can come back that for that. Stuff. I can I can mark you down and, and have you come back for that so that you'll be able to so so you'll you'll be a completionist. You'll at least know what happened to the couple. You won't know, really know everything else. that, that
1: 16 that. through 20, and then minute 27, <laughs> I mean, at 127. And they'll
0: got the gist of it. Hey, why not? You know, uh, if you want, I can I can do the do the research and tell you exactly what minute to watch. So it won't ruin the goal that you're trying to make of of never watching this. You know, but you'll still know what happens to John and Holly. Okay. Or you good. can actually, yeah, or you can actually just watch Die Hard too, and then you'll see that they're back together, and you'll know. Mm. Okay, something happened. I don't know. All right. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. All right. So, <laughs> minute eighteen begins with the Pacific Courier truck turning into the parking area of the Nakatomi Plaza and ends with Theo uh, confidently reporting over his walkie-talkie. So, as we mentioned, the last two days we've been dealing with uh, domestic issues, and today we're 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 gonna go a little go a little bit away from there. All right. So we, you know, we started by seeing this truck. Now we, we saw this truck last week also, you know, things are a little suspicious about what this truck is. Nobody really knows at this point. And we see the truck make a right turn into the Nakatomi uh, entrance to the parking area of of the building. And it's immediately what seems to be cut off by this Mercedes Benz 260E that, you know, that's, it's sort of like going around it and then sort of cuts it off. You know, did now did you what did you think when you saw that? Since you don't know what's really happening. Did it look like they're together? Did it look like one's trying to cut the other one off?
1: No, I thought the truck I thought the car was trying to cut the truck off or drive it up the road or something. But didn't well, put in that, like
0: a, That's what like I'm asking. You know. Yeah.
1: I assumed that the truck was the car was trying to shove the truck off the road because they even put in like that kind of screeching tire sound effect to make it sound like it's a kind of uh, you know exciting action scene with, it. so uh, I was surprised to, to discover that that does not seem to be the case
0: yeah but but i I like the way that they do that to make you think that you know because well,
1: why what why 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 would they do that?
0: I guess it's a red herring to make you think that someone is trying to, you know, like, who's, who's the bad guy here? Is the bad guy in the truck? Is the bad guy in the car? And I don't know.
1: No, I understand why the filmmakers would do it. But if you were to ask the driver of that car, why did you suddenly swerve around that truck and make your brakes? Why did you? Why is the character doing it?
0: Why is the character really doing it? Or why would why the character the char- explain? Why did, he,
1: why did the character drive in the car? What is his thinking about why I'm behaving this way? He's not thinking, oh, I'm in a movie. I have to provide a red herring for viewers. Right. What, what is he thinking? Why does he do Why does he do that?
0: Well, when we saw the truck last week, it, the, the car was behind the truck. We saw the car following okay. the truck. So I guess he realized that when he got here, he needs to get around the truck in order for their plan okay. to work. You know because right. they, they, don't like want, the car, they don't want the, they don't want the the security yeah. guard to to get too suspicious that there is a truck that's pulled into the parking lot you know you don't have enough time yeah. for this to happen that's what I think okay that's my right. that's my explanation did right would you buy that
1: <laughs> I just don't know why because like, cause, like the, the truck is going down a different like ramp.
0: No, but not at the beginning. At the beginning, they both enter the the plaza, I guess, at the same point, and then the truck stays to the right, and the car is on the left.
1: Yeah, but the truck. Yeah,
0: or, yeah. Right. I so, mean, the, car, the uh... car. If the car was behind the truck, so it needed to make a very wide turn to get around the truck in order to be in the left turn in the left-hand lane, so that the trucks in the right-hand lane. I, I think it has so to do with, two... with timing and precision here. I think that's what it comes down to. So we
1: Two cars are going down one car. Two cars are in a single lane, and then that lane is going to split up into two lanes. One of which goes down into the parking garage. One of which goes up to the front lobby. He wouldn't need to get in front of the truck. He just has to go into the left lane. He doesn't have to beat the truck. He doesn't have to get in front of the truck to go a different way. Anyway. Right. I don't know. Maybe maybe just
0: you know maybe this junk driver likes to do fun things like that. You know, we we'll, we'll find out that the driver is Theo. Maybe you know Theo has a little bit of aggression towards uh, Heinrich, who's driving. You know, the the truck. I don't know. I mean, there 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 could be so many different explanations. I personally believe it has to do with with precision timing. That they need to have the the Mercedes Benz get to the entrance of Nakatomi as fast as possible before any suspicions you know arise. That's what I think. Yeah. Okay, fair
1: enough. Okay, I'm going to say that they were driving and Theo totally forgot that he's not going under the parking garage. He's going to the front lobby or whoever's driving. I don't know if it's Theo driving or not, but I would um,
0: I would go even further. I would say that I think Theo just forgot that he's supposed to turn (laughs) and he's like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. I missed the turn. Yeah. And then he makes the wide turn and almost cuts Heinrich off,
1: you know, that. So that explanation is almost the complete opposite of saying, "Oh, it's a precision yeah. thing." It's saying it's they're totally sloppy. It, and it have could be it, either. So, but but
0: you know yeah. you don't know this, but I know this that the the everything is timed perfectly by 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 these right. bad guys. So you know, but yeah. you know, maybe again, maybe Theo is just the Joker in 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 you know he's the wild card here, and.
1: He does seem like
0: he's very uh, – he's a loose Well, hand. he's very different than everyone else, that's for sure. You know, he's, he's, he's the geek. Yeah. <laughs> he's the sadistic yeah. geek, but but we'll get there. We'll get there later this, this minute even. You know, so then the, the truck stays on yeah. the right-hand side and the car, you know, stays on the left-hand side and the truck – I, I like the shot where you see the two, two cars parallel to one another and then you see, you know, the truck begin to descend. You know, it's like those, those those old you know comedy routines of uh, Buster Keaton or something. You know, where you, where where he's uh, you know pretending to go down a flight of stairs. You know, he's behind something. And he's walking down stairs and stuff like that. So I, I yeah, you think it's a yeah, visual thing Yeah, out. I, I like the way that they do that. And then they they should give us another shot of the truck entering a very narrow area. You know, the basically this, this parking lot was not made for trucks. <laughs> You know, there isn't that much wiggle room on either side for the truck, but they, they still make it down into the parking garage. And then from there, we get a shot of the guard at the front desk again. You know, he's looking at the monitor, and he actually sees the, the truck enter the parking garage. Now, I mentioned this uh, both times, that, you know, in two different weeks where we saw this, this security guard. He reminds me of John Laroquette. He's not. It's not him. But he just looks so much like him for some reason.
1: I could see that.
0: So I keep referring to him yeah. as the John Larroquette uh, doppelganger. You know, I guess it's the '80s '80s haircut. <laughs> you know, yeah, the the '80s. You know,
1: Dan, Dan Fielding,
0: kind of bouffantish. Yeah. You know who knows? I like him. <laughs> right. And I mean, first of all, what what I really like is that, you know we the shot is from behind the guard, and we see him looking at the monitor. We see the monitor. We see how the surveillance. Of of this building works, you know it's. I, I guess you can say it's 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 done well. the The surveillance is done well, even though he doesn't know what he's up against. But but still, you know, because we see in the foreground the, the 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 Mercedes Benz pull up, you know, towards the front door at the same time. So they yeah. the, the, the shot is is done really well. We see you know we we can see the guard, we can see the mount monitor where he sees the truck pull in. You know, he doesn't seem very concerned that a truck has just pulled in, uh, just like he doesn't seem concerned yeah. that a Mercedes-Benz has pulled up and is parked right in front of the building. I mean, you you have this party going on where, let's say, there's 40, 50 people in the party. Nobody has – there are no cars parked outside of, of the building. You know, everyone's in the parking lot. So, like, yeah. you know, if, if I was a security guard, I would get a little suspicious that, you know, a car is is parking and both occupants of the car are getting out. You know, are they coming to ask for directions? You know.
1: Yeah, this is something where I feel like um, the thirty years of history now has made it so this scene seems like completely kind of like, like now the security has been elevated so much, especially around big office buildings and things like that. Like it, it, it's kind of almost like quaint to how little yeah. security they have <laughs> exactly now. Well, again, so, it
0: is uh, Christmas Eve, and there's only you know forty fifty people in the building. You know the building has been emptied right. out. Yeah, you know, I guess you can say. Yeah, but the fact
1: that like a truck could just enter the basement un- unencumbered and not and and yeah. and uh, not
0: raise suspicion. Or now, anything. what what did you think yeah. was going on at this so, point when you watched this?
1: Well, I know at one at one point some people wind up uh, like seizing the building and trying to steal some stuff inside of it. So I'm guessing these are the bad guys who are going to thwart, or, or that John McLean is going to have to thwart later on.
0: Right. So. Okay. All right. No, no. It's it for me. It's very interesting to hear your fresh eyes on this to see what yeah you know what what things. Seem a little, you know, especially now that we're done with the uh, with with the family issues. Yeah, know. now we're getting into more of the diehard <laughs> you know, that... of it all. Yeah, exactly correct. So, you know, I was, I was, I'm curious to see what you what you think about these things. So, so I might ask you yeah. often about
1: this. Well, I so. the thing with Di- I asked someone once, like, should I see Die Hard, and they were like, uh, they didn't know because while it is obviously a very revered movie and such. We've seen so many Die Hard, it was such an influence on action movies that, like, so much has been built upon what was established in this movie that I've never seen Die Hard, but I'm sure I've seen every possible situation that they're going to get in because it's been ripped off so many times. So, it's like going back to say, oh, should I listen to Elvis? And you're like, well, yeah, but... Like it's not going to be the same as if you were there when it when Elvis came out. You're not going to get the same excitement listening to Elvis in 2020 that you would have in 1958 or whatever. You know what I mean?
0: No, but but what you're also saying here is is that you wouldn't listen to Elvis because you've heard enough Elvis impersonators. Well, you're saying that listening to all the Elvis impersonators ruins the idea of listening to absolutely. Elvis.
1: I would say that that's I would say okay. that's right. um, No,
0: no, I, I just wanted to clarify that that's what you're. That, that's where you're going well it's just but it's true for
1: for any thing that establishes like a um anything that transforms the culture is going to seem quaint on the other on the opposite side of it because we're looking sure. at a world that has yeah, now been yeah, for influenced sure. by diehard for, for 30 years so uh it, sure. it's not going to seem as fresh you know w- you kind of have to watch it. If I watch it, I have to always be telling myself, like, we were the first people who did this. Oh, they were – this This had never been done at this time, you know what I mean, as opposed to just enjoying right. it on its own level as they
0: – yeah, so. Right. Anyway. Okay. All right. There is something to that. I understand. Meaning you, you missed the boat. That's what you're saying. You, you should have seen it 34 years ago, and you might have enjoyed it a lot more because nothing would have been – There was nothing to compare it uh... to. Everything so predictable yeah, exactly.
1: exactly so it's not a flaw of the film if anything it speaks to the success of the film that it was such a that yes. it, you know it transformed everything so it's not it's it's a compliment to the for film it. but it's a victim of its own success in a, in a way so yes. um
0: for, uh, for for alex robbins
1: yeah yeah uh. obviously plenty <laughs> of other people still enjoy Hard. no movie.
0: fun no fun no, no you know no, yeah you know no no i not trying to insult you. Yeah, so people. when you ask me, like, oh, what do you think is
1: going to happen in this scene? I'm like, well, you know, there's, there's, we've seen so, this repeated so many times that, like, you know,
0: they're, they're, uh, right. Okay. You know, All but, right. Uh, fair fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Right. And, uh, then he, you know, the, the, the security guard is actually looking at the screen quite intently, intensely. Sure. You know, he's he's, he's, he's concerned. He's trying to figure out why this truck is, Why a courier truck has shown up at, well, I I know what time this is. What time do you think this is? Well, it's Christmas time, so the
1: sun will have gone down earlier. I'm going to guess 7.30 p.m., Pacific Standard Time.
0: On December 24th, 1988, and also 87 and 89, since we never established exactly what year this takes place, the sun set around 450. John got to the office around that time. So let's say maybe it's an hour after he got there. So okay. we're talking maybe it's around 6 o'clock. It looks a lot later than that. Yeah, I
1: was also taking into account the fact that people you know, were, you... like, uh, intoxicated enough at their Christmas party that they were go- ducking into rooms to try to make sweet love, which would make me think it was later in the party rather yes. than at the start of the party.
0: Well, the party the party already started when John got there. John, John shows up at a, around uh-huh. a quarter to five yeah. because it's like dusk. And the party is going full swing at that point because if this takes yeah. place in nineteen eighty eight, okay, it's also a Saturday. Okay. Which throws everything completely yeah, off. You know, weird. they're having a a Christmas party on Christmas Eve that that by five o'clock people are already Well,
1: drunk. that's so that's weird because <laughs> if it's a Saturday, like they made people come in specifically to a party as opposed to, hey, let's just have it on Friday night after we're all here anyway. Let's just end early and have a few drinks and it's that's very strange especially since it's a japanese company and the japanese are not especially known for being a christmas celebrating people the fact that they would make everyone come in on saturdays is very peculiar
0: right which which therefore that sort of leans towards the fact that this maybe was 87 because then christmas eve was friday night so if that's the case then, okay, it's the end of the workday, but again, John shows up at the party and immediately a guy comes over and kisses him. You know, this drunk guy comes over and kisses him. So one of the guys in the party is already drunk at a quarter to five.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, that, but it's at least a little bit more because you you can assume perhaps maybe that if it's Christmas, that their uh, Japanese overlords would have let them like end the workday earlier and start the Christmas party like at four. Right, you know, I suppose saying, okay, we're you're still on the clock until five o'clock, then you can start the Christmas party. Maybe right. You know, all right, it's two thirty. Let's just call it a day
0: and whatever. Or that guy's that's just true. a lush
1: and is drunk all the time at, uh,
0: at five o'clock on Friday. <laughs> Could be, you know, that that that's definitely a possibility. I mean, yeah. one of the things that 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 I find strange is is why would the company have their party on Christmas Eve? Don't most companies have their Christmas parties? Before Christmas Eve, because Christmas Eve is a time when people want to actually be home with their families.
1: I would assume that to be the case, but again, Japanese businessman overlords—maybe they're like, "Well, we're not going to let you take off Christmas Eve day, but we'll at least let you have a party on that day, because uh-huh. you don't get to be okay. the world's number one economy by taking Friday off." Right. Okay.
0: So, that's true.
1: Anyway, who knows? Makes sense. But
0: that's probably yeah, one of the sure. Right. Then, so at at this point, the Mercedes Benz comes to a stop in front of the building and it basically screeches to a halt. Again, Theo is a very erratic driver. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 he comes to a halt. You, you, you know, he basically pulls the handbrake up really quickly and then, you know, the doors fly open and two people get out of the car, you know, yeah. really quick. Like it's very fast paced, the whole thing. And then the, the, the guard looks up and you know, we we can see he's looking at what's going on, trying to figure out what's going on, you know, at the same time still trying to look at at this this strange truck that has stopped in the middle of the parking garage. It's not even parked. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd think that that it would they would have at least tried to park it somewhere, but it's a little more suspicious for you're just leaving the the engine idle in the middle. Yeah. You know, it's a little strange there. And then uh two people get out of the car a uh, tall blonde man gets out of the passenger side and a a black man gets out from the driver's side. And the two of them are having this very animated conversation and the, the guard looks up at at them and, you know, sees the two of them are just having this conversation and then just starts looking down at the papers that he's uh, dealing with. And then they, they, you know, keep the tension rising and just give us another shot of the truck, just standing in the loading zone in the parking lot. You know, idly waiting, stuff mm-hmm. like that. We we get actually a shot of the side re- the f- side view mirror, and we can see one of we can see the driver, who and is actually gentleman. yes another blonde gentleman. Who this this is a character who we will later find out. His name is Heinrich. He is mm-hmm. played by an actor named Gary Roberts, which doesn't seem to really fit. With the fact that he's supposed to be this European, you know, it doesn't it's not a European sounding name, let's put it that way. But he actually was born in he's he's German. He was born in Germany on the eleventh of February nineteen sixty-two. And
1: hmm. he, is that the name he was born with? Or uh, did he, according did he IMDb, to IMDb, according to
0: IMDb, that's his name. It doesn't say that he has a different birth name or anything like that. He only has five TV credits and four movie credits, including this movie, and he plays an Australian cop in Point Break. So yeah, yeah. very small parts. This this movie is is probably his biggest uh, biggest success because he does have an integral part. Besides being the driver of this truck, later on we we get to see him do some some interesting things too. And, but I, I like the shot. I like the way that we see his face via the, the side view mirror. You know, mm-hmm. it leaves things a little mysterious and menacing and, you know, the, the, they, they change the music at that time. You know, it sort of like, it takes things up a beat. You know, the music is, is telling us mm-hmm. something that something's about to happen. And then we see uh, Theo come through and he, he comes through the, the revolving door. You know of of the the sure. lobby. Now I'm going to take a little break here. What what do you know about revolving doors? What do yes. I know about? What, them? what do you think the point of a revolving uh, uh, door is?
1: Uh, it's to keep in the uh, air conditioning.
0: Um, very close. Yeah,
1: yeah. Be that, my guess. That's uh, right. air. We be, but be uh, for temperature control, I guess, heat or cold, depending on. Um, the that's market. great.
0: That's great. So a revolving door is typically consists of three or four doors that hang on a central shaft and rotate around vertical axis within a cylindrical enclosure. Revolving doors are energy efficient as they act as an airlock and they prevent draft, which decreases the loss of heating or cooling for the building. They were originally designed in order to relieve the immense pressure caused by air rushing through high-rise buildings. And at the same time, mm-hmm. they were used in order to allow a large number of people to pass in and out at the same time. You know, there's less of a, I guess, a, a bottleneck if you have the revolving door as opposed to people just trying to get through a regular door. Yeah, I guess
1: that makes sense because in, in a revolving door, you can have people going in and out yep. fairly smoothly. Whereas, but if it's a regular old-fashioned door, then it gets, you can get more, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. When, when do you think are, the idea of a revolving door was was first uh, uh, patented? Hmm.
1: Well, I'm guessing it would have to be after high rises were uh, invented. I'm going to say
0: 1920.
1: 1881.
0: 1881. 1881 in Germany. Ahead of the curve. It hmm. uh, a Grand man named H. Bach Hacker in Berlin received the patent on December 22nd, 1881 for making a door without draft of air. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Now, Guy's gotta be a billionaire. uh, Well, he's probably no longer with us. (laughs) This was 1881, but I, I would assume so. (laughs) There, there were actually, and I'm not going to go through the entire history, but there, there were a number of other people who perfected it over the years, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm talking about even back then, like in 1888, someone already perfected it. And then in 1889, someone else uh, perfected it even more. And then 1899, I mean, this, this is uh, technology of the late 1800s of how to keep I, – I, I don't think it really had to deal with air conditionings back then, but I guess they had to deal with the airflow at the time. Yeah. You know, wind yeah. draft. The uh, wind, tunnel, wind tunnel effect, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. we'll get back to the action. Sorry to cut you off on the action there. So Theo, come, yeah. so Theo comes through the door and starts going, so mm-hmm. Kareem rebounds, right? Feeds Worthy on the break, over to AC, to Magic, then back to Worthy, right? And, I mean, I love the way that, that he just delivers this. It's it's really sounds as if the two of them are having this type of conversation about a basketball game, you know? Are, are, yeah. are you a basketball uh, fan? I'm not a basketball fan. Okay, neither am I. Okay, and uh-huh. uh, I've 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 heard of three out of four of those names, even though mm-hmm. I mean obviously I've heard this line hundreds of times, but yeah, you know, in general I've heard of three out of four of them. So the starting lineup from I think 86 to 89, based on what I read, basically the the four of them and the fifth guy was always being rotated. So you had. Yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, all sure, right, you have A.C. Green, mm-hmm. James Worthy, mm-hmm. and Magic Johnson. They were the, the right. four main starters, and they, you know, they won a few championships. We, we Do you know anything about any of these four people? Or if, Again, I'm not a basketball fan, so I, I had to look all this up, but.
1: Um, I mean, obviously, I think Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I'd say, are the two most famous ones, at least to my uh, casual observer uh, ears. Um, yeah, and I know they were like a dynasty and stuff, and I think there's a TV show about it, uh, or at least there was when we were recording this, with Sean uh, C. Riley right. as, a football, as a basketball as a football coach, as the uh, basketball coach, but uh, as a,
0: <laughs> yeah. Football, basketball. I of course most know
1: Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> from his uh, brief but memorable role in the film Airplane. So uh, of course that, I was getting that. Yeah, up. that's my Kareem uh, favorite Kareem. Yeah.
0: Do, do you know how how tall Kareem is? Was is? he's seven foot two. That's is that right. right. That's just amazing. Yeah. There you go. Wait, isn't that isn't that, isn't that what uh, wasn't Peter Mayhew uh, seven oh, foot two? You know,
1: we just went over this on the show, and I don't remember. I I that. know that
0: I'm aware of that.
1: <laughs> you Broke everyone down by height.
0: I I I have a yeah. feeling. Yeah, you see now you now you have something else you can add in the next time we start talking about uh, you know who's taller. Oh yeah, in Solo, you know, to other tall the, people. I like that. Yeah, I can write that down. It could be. You know now know that you can actually add him in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh okay james worthy mm-hmm. is uh he was actually uh, six foot nine or he i'm gonna say i don't know why it's thing was he is all four of these these players are, are still alive and kicking as of recording well, in 2022 <laughs> I, I i don't think me saying something is what's going to change what's going to happen in the world okay I really I'm I'm a firm believer that just because I say something like that, it's that's not what's going to happen. All right. You know, I I don't I don't think any of us have the ability to kill someone by just mentioning that they're alive.
1: Well, very famously, um, (laughs) on Star Wars Minute, we made uh, a reference to uh, we were just like talking about a a celebrity death. And uh, Pete was like, I don't know, let's say it's like Tom Petty. Then Tom Petty dies and Tom Petty literally died like the day after we aired that episode. So, oh careful wow! Out there.
0: <laughs> okay, all right, all right, okay. But well, maybe maybe Pete has those powers. Yeah, see, I don't.
1: Pete, uh, yeah. <laughs> You've tried, tried. You've not killed a single celebrity yet, but. Uh...
0: <laughs> exactly. There you go. So, do you know that uh, James Worthy was also uh, an actor? No. Oh, did he play a Klingon he... in Star Trek? Yes, he did. Okay. Yes, he did. He actually played the tallest Klingon ever because he's six foot nine. Yes. There's never been another character who plays a Klingon uh, that is taller than James Worthy. Yeah, he's not yet. So he's worthy of that. So so just, just so you know, uh, Peter Mayhew was seven foot three. Okay. According so to IMDb, an inch so he, than he was Kareem. an inch taller than Kareem. Mm. Exactly. Then you have uh, AC Green, mm-hmm. who was the. Uh, he he actually is the the player who has played the most. He's the the longest consecutive game streak huh. with 907 uh, straight games played. It's a lot of games. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And uh, apparently, you know, they ended his streak because the, he was they refused to sign him. You know, <laughs> that's a way to get him to end your streak. <laughs>
1: Did they refuse to sign him specifically just to ruin the streak?
0: I don't know that. <laughs> He's kind of I assume not. I assume I assume it was it was uh, you know I think he was just out of his prime at that point because it was already 2001. So yeah. I mean if if he was born in 63, so he was so that means he was 38, which I guess is is old for a uh, basketball player. Yeah, and it's not like baseball you know, even ball, though, you even
1: kind of put somebody slow in a position where you don't have to run very much because everyone has to run a basketball. Right.
0: So. Yeah, basketball basketball you all got to run, you know. And I mean Kareem played until he was 42. Yeah, which is also pretty amazing. Yeah, you know when when you think about that, and then uh, the final uh, member of the team that they that they mention here is uh, Magic Irvin Magic Johnson. Hmm, he's still around
1: as of this yes. recording. Uh, well, as of,
0: <laughs> as of this recording, we'll have to wait and see what happens with with Alex's magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, good thing Pete's not here. There you go. <laughs> now, I mean. Yeah. I never grew up, I, I as I mentioned uh, earlier, as I mentioned numerous times, I grew up in Detroit. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I was never a fan of of the Lakers because, you know, the Pistons and Lakers had a huge rivalry at yeah. the end of the 80s. Uh, I think it was like 86, 87, 80. Around this time, there was a huge rivalry between them. You know, and I, I still remember I was in a comic book store buying a comic when uh, Magic Johnson Notified the world that uh, he had HIV. Mm-hmm. For some reason, you know, I was I was flipping through comics, and you know, they had it on the the TV screen. You know, that Magic Johnson just, you know, it's not like today where you get alerts on your cell phone and stuff like that. You know, yeah, you know, here you had to go to the comic book store to get a uh, an alert. <laughs>
1: the comic book store, of all places. Yeah,
0: seriously. It's sports news. Seriously. Sports. I, I I was shocked at the time. You know, I, I it was in, in 1991 that he announced it. So, yeah, I was I guess I, I was a senior in high school when that when that happened. So, yeah, that was just uh,
1: it's kind of ironic because everyone was very upset and sad, but he's probably outlived several of the other Lakers by this point. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, the other so, uh, the other three are still around also. But yeah, <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's it has to do with him and Wilt Chamberlain being, uh, you know, the most popular uh, men on the court, <laughs> I guess you can say. Yeah, <laughs> They they knew how to play the court. How's that <laughs> mm-hmm. and then, so you know, Theo's in the middle of this very animated discussion about the, about these Lakers, and they walk towards the the desk and the guard doesn't really even flinch while they're they're coming up I mean he you know he you think if someone comes into your office or your, the area where you're in, they're being very, very animated and having this discussion, you're going to look up, and he doesn't. Hmm. You know, and then Carl pulls out a uh, a gun with a silencer and shoots the guy right in the head. Mm-hmm. Bye 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 doppelganger John Laroquette. Hmm. <laughs> barely got to know him. And that's right, you barely got to know him. But uh, you know, he was uh, maybe he was studying. Maybe you know, maybe he's like a, a college student. My master student studying.
1: From what I heard, originally, uh, John Laraquette was supposed to uh, shoot back and actually shoot before the, the guy, but they didn't have the budget, they didn't have the time, so this is just the way it came out. But hopefully, one day they'll do like a special edition where they can finally correct it and make it look like the way it was always supposed to, really.
0: Yeah, and I, I think George Lucas uh, told them that it's not worth making the changes. It costs too much money later on.
1: Yeah, no one will, no one will notice. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure not. For sure. <laughs> and, I mean, it's a great shot right between the eyes. Yeah. And he flies backwards, and then Theo has a great line. Boom! Two points. Yeah. Which is really insensitive. <laughs> Do you think they planned this out ahead of time? Does, did who plan this out? The script did, writers or did, Theo and, and... Theo and uh, Heinrich or whatever and his Carl. name was. No, and he's Carl. Is Carl. Did Carl. He just, was he like... Okay,
1: and listen, I'm going to tell the story, and when I, when I set up the shot about the basketball game, that's when you blast him between the eyes, and that's when I can land with the, the two-point line. Or was, was Carl just kind of like, I'm just going to go in and shoot him, and then um, Theo took this upon himself to sort of do this improvised little... Uh...
0: You ask a great question that I, I do not have the an answer for. I, I assume that they planned something between this. They said, we're going to go there, we're going to distract him because we're going to have this anim- or I'm going to have this animated conversation because Carl doesn't say a word. You know, it's Theo who's just talking right. the whole time because you know, yeah. who knows how good Carl's English is at this point. And you know, the the idea was, is okay, I'm going to distract him and then you're going to shoot him. I think that's what it comes down to. And I, I think his boom two points, that was, you know, his ad lib. That was Theo's ad lib.
1: So that was just a... That was just a natural result. That was just good timing that he happened to yes. say that right when. Yeah, got, I don't think, or he knew he was going to be shooting him. So maybe.
0: Well, you he think was he was like planning it beforehand? Be okay. He's like, okay, what am I going to say? Uh, Carl's going to shoot him. What do I say? What do I say so that 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 Carl will hear? Because Carl's the only one who's going to hear him say two, po- you know, boom, two points. Right. And and yeah, and it's the other question. security guard who will get to uh, tomorrow. But yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, because the guy will theoretically be dead. Yes. Yeah. Carl doesn't care. So I guess Theo's just doing it for his own amusement. Well, he laughs.
0: So, you know. Yeah. We know yeah. he's somewhat, you know, sadistic by the way that he does this. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they, they do it really well because it, the, the cover story of them, the two of them talking about the, you know, the Lakers and stuff, it comes across realistically. You know, that the two guys could be having this oh, yeah. type of conversation in order to distract the guard. You know, it, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Carl doesn't even bat an eye also. He's he's very cold and sadistic also here by, by pulling out, you know, the the gun. And I mean Theo also leans on the counter as he's doing this.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if I would characterize Carl as sadistic. He seems efficient. He's not he's not making the guy suffer.
0: Right. I mean. Okay. Okay. He's he's just very cold and, and efficient, and, okay. and you know, precise. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's fair you know, and, uh, you know, especially given... I don't want you to mischaracter no. villains I, and give them the, of wrong, not. Uh, the wrong medical diagnosis for Of course not. I, of their, course uh, not. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. I mean, especially given the fact that that, you know, we find out later that, that Theo is basically the tech guy, you know, <laughs> he's the local tech guy, yeah. but he, he, he's, also, hey, he's also enjoying this. You know, enjoying it a little too much for yeah. what a tech guy usually does in these type of movies. He seems more sadistic yeah. than, than Carl. That's does. true. That's true. And then you know, as double uh, doubleganger dopp- John Larroquette falls backwards, you know, we can still see the truck on the monitor, you know, being viewed. Yeah. So again, it's it's a great mm-hmm. shot that we can still see all that going on there. And then Theo, yeah, uh, very dexterously, you know, jumps up through the 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 little. Uh, you know, I don't even know. You wouldn't call it a window, but the area on the desk, you know, that that's open because you have like these big yeah. granite sides. You know, and he's there's a the part where the you know where, where the guard looks through, I guess, to to, to greet people. <laughs> he lifts himself up really quickly and then kicks the guard. <laughs> you know, kicks him yeah. really hard in order for him to fall backwards even further. You know, in order to to, to fall onto the ground,
1: yes to get away from the, test. yeah
0: seriously, yeah, and then you know he jumps on the ground, pulls out a walkie talkie from his jacket, and says we 're in, and you can see that that Theo has this huge ring on his finger, which which, oh, I didn't which know makes that. it seem as if maybe he 's like uh, you know an ivy league uh, you know graduate or something like that i i couldn 't make out the the emblem on the ring, we we get to see it in tomorrow's minute also. Hmm. I couldn't figure out what the emblem was, and as much as I tried to find a, a clearer picture on the internet, when I when I put up Die Hard ring, I was able to get like this fantasy football ring that that a group of fantasy footballers gave out to the winner that year, and that was the Die Hard winner or something like that. So nothing no, about nothing no. about
1: the particular ring.
0: Mm -hmm. um and that's pretty much all we have to say about this minute do you you have anything else you wanted to to mention about this well i looked into the
1: uh theo the actor who plays him
0: carl gilliard jr clarence clarence gilliard jr
1: yes um and uh i didn't really recognize any of his other projects he seems to have done a lot of these christian media uh things that are popular he was in like two of the left behind movies and he's been in several different um uh, you know these Christian movies that come out now. So, it's, so that seems to be his. I don't know whether that means he's a Christian or whether he just, you know, got typecast or what. But uh,
0: interesting to go. Well, you you, you missed one of his other big roles. Oh, what was it? He was in Top Gun. Oh, he played one of the the pilots. He played never, Sundown. Never seen Top Gun. You've never seen Top Gun either? <laughs> no, that's the third most interesting thing about me.
1: So, uh, <laughs> apparently, yeah, apparently. and I was also on Top Gun Minute. So, uh, but, um, uh, I just did one minute of okay. on Top Gun Minute. So,
0: no, oh, okay, so that, 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 and apparently, uh, Sundown wasn't in that minute,
1: it was not. Uh, <laughs> no, it was just Goose and Maverick and, uh, Iceman. Is that a guy? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. 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 So, uh,
0: Right. Yeah. Well, he so so was Top
1: Gun and Die Hard. He was he was a two big eighties movies. Yeah. Uh,
0: That's right. Gilliard. Yeah. Good That's friend. right. And uh, he was also on Chips. Oh. He he was a he was a recurring character for twenty episodes, named Officer Benjamin Webster. Wow. Ben Webb. Yeah. Yeah. I also read somewhere that 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 he stopped being being an actor and he he actually went to he became a, a college professor. Oh, huh. just
1: like uh, Theo with his ring.
0: Apparently, <laughs> well, no, Theo's ring just says that that he graduated, meaning that he has the ability. What did he teach? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Terrorists <laughs> how to override
1: <laughs> security systems in, in uh, office Tower.
0: Yeah, I'm, I don't know. Not not really sure.
1: <laughs> All right, let's look into it. If anyone <laughs> listening has taken his class, who he wants was, to let us know. Yeah. In, in the
0: comments. <laughs> he he was also on Matlock. He was. He was in eighty-five episodes know, so of Matlock. He was like a
1: semi-recurring then, or did he play different characters every time? Uh, yeah,
0: but this is all. No, same character. He played played Conrad yeah. Mcmasters. I I never really watched Matlock, so I couldn't tell you what uh, what what he did there. you know he he doesn't have much of a career after that.
1: Well, eighty-five <laughs> episodes of Matlock. That's it's pretty good,
0: right? No, but I'm saying he was he was big in the the eighties, mm-hmm. and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll have to look up about uh, you know his professorship. Here he's ah he's an associate professor of theater at the University of Nevada. Go, Coyotes. So yeah, interesting. I don't I don't know if he's still there now, but he he was, you know that that at some point he was in that role. Yeah. All right. There isn't much dialogue in this in this minute anyway, but the script has nice uh, descriptions about things. So it shows the uh, building lobby. The guard at the front desk notices the Emery truck. They, in in the, in the script, it's an Emery truck, not a Pacific Courier truck. On his monitor, the guard continues to watch the truck, and only half notices as a Mercedes pulls up in front of the building, and two extremely well dressed businessmen in their late twenties climb out and start up the stairs for the door. As they cross the lobby to the guard's table to sign in, we hear their conversation. Man number one, Theo, animatedly. So Kareem rebounds. Listen, this is a great play. Feeds Worthy on the break, over to AC, to Magic, back to Worthy in the lane. And suddenly the other man pulls out a Walther pistol with a silencer and aims it at the guard's forehead. Before the guard can, relax, uh, can react, he pulls the trigger. Theo dryly, boom, two points. The speed with which the murder takes place sets the tone for the rest of the action. The killer moves behind the desk, stepping over a small pool of blood from the guard. His name is Carl. And actually, in, in the script, there's a misprint It says his name is Kyle. Big with long blonde hair, like a rock drummer, Carl takes off the silencer and looks at the video monitor of the truck. The first man, Theo, opens his briefcase, takes out a portable CB radio, and speaks into it. We're in. So the reason I say it's a typo is because on the first line, it yep. says Kyle, and the next line, it says Carl. So, you know, that's back when they didn't have a I think it's processors. interesting that
1: they specified that Carl <laughs> was blonde and looked like a rock drummer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and Alexander Gudnov yeah. said, "Oh, I got to dress like that." <laughs> Every Wednesday we have a segment called Hans Hump Day, where our guest gives their top five uh, performances of Alan Rickman. So, what have you got for us?
1: Uh, well, um, coming in at number five,
0: I've only seen two movies with Alan. No, nope,
1: this one I can <laughs> say I managed to come up with five <laughs> entries, none of which are Harry Potter. Uh.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say and Harry Potter two, Harry Potter three, no, no, Harry no. Potter six.
1: I'm not crazy about the Harry Potter movies. I like the books, but the, it wasn't crazy about them. I
0: I love the books, and because I love the books, I cannot stand the the. the yeah, movies that's kind of how I feel about it. Because there's, but I feel the opposite. But I feel the opposite about Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. I hated the book. I found it to be, uh, I found I, I find Tolkien doesn't know how to write. He he tells a great story, but he's just really boring with the way that he writes it. And the movie is able to take the story and make it more interesting to watch.
1: Yeah, I think the uh, I would agree with you. Uh, I've I, other than the I read The Hobbit and I loved it. I've never been able to crack uh, the Lord of the Rings as much as I loved the movie. So uh,
0: same here. Yeah, weird. If I ever need to fall asleep, I can read Lord of the Rings.
1: So yeah, you weirdly, know, I loved the Hobbit book. Could not read the Lord of the Rings book. Loved Lord of the Rings movies. Hated the
0: Hobbit movies. <laughs> so it's, I, I'm the same it, way. Yeah. I'm the same way. I can't stand. I can't stand the Hobbit movies.
1: Yes, but getting on to uh, Hans Gruber. Yes. Uh, number Sorry. five, I have the uh, Kevin Smith movie Dogma, in which he played a uh, angel. I think I don't remember. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, yes. Uh, I feel like this was one of, Kevin Smith was really trying. This was like an ambitious thing in his part, so I I give him credit for that. Uh, The uh, Marvin the Paranoid Android in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, He did a voice of a robot in that movie, and uh, in the uh, Star Wars Rebels cartoons, I think it was, they did almost like a parody. They did almost like a tribute to Marvin the Paranoid Um, Android. Three, Bottle Shock, uh, which I think also stars Captain Kirk, Christopher Pine, as a wine that's supposedly based on a true story about how the California wine uh, industry came into being.
0: Uh, hmm, I've never heard of that one. I'll have to check that out.
1: Uh, Sense and Sensibility, the uh, which also had Kate Winslet and um, Emma
0: Hugh Grant. And in Hugh Grant, right?
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. and then finally, of course, Galaxy Quest, the uh, homage to yeah, classic Star Trek, in which uh, he plays the. Um, I guess he always plays kind of a snarky, sarcastic, snarky, snarky sarcastic uh, kind <laughs> of person. Uh, so uh, yeah, very dour. So there, there you go. Alan Rickman, gone but not forgotten. It's a shame he never got to be in a Star Wars.
0: All right. Thank you very much for that, Alex. Why don't you tell people once again how they can get in touch with you? Well, in addition to being
1: a uh, co-hosting the Star Wars Minute and the Godfather Minute, I am also an artist. Uh, you can, if you go to uh, alexrobinson.fun there, you can find a link to my merch store where you can get all sorts of fun designs and pop cultural mashups on T-shirts or prints or mugs or phone cases, etc., cetera, et cetera go so alexrobinson.fun there you can find also links to my podcast so it's one-stop shopping for everything you need to know about alex
0: robinson and his fun all right cool and finding me is very simple just do a quick search for movie Rob minute you can find me on facebook find me on twitter or you can go to my website so until tomorrow yippee kaye. yay yippee-ki-yay, yippee-ki-yay. <laughs>